The accounts shared on this podcast, including this episode, reflect the guests' thoughtful recollections and opinions of experiences perceived and occurring over many years, including childhood memories, which may be fallible and limited by perspective and trauma. Persons may have different memories regarding certain events. Welcome back to Kava the Podcast. I'm Kelly Archibald, and I want to thank you for tuning in. We live in a crazy world, so we made this podcast to shine some hope into your life. Our guests have lived through some incredible things, both good and bad, and they want to share their stories with you. Listeners like you make this podcast possible. If you've been inspired or encouraged by these stories, please consider supporting us on Patreon or contacting us about sponsorship opportunities. You can find more information about us at kavahpodcast.com. That's Q-A-V-A-H podcast.com. Nicholas Strand lost the two people who were closest to him. And his story is quite simply about feeling that loss. I have a tattoo on my left arm. When people ask me, I would be so confident with a smile to say, this is my mom, this is Brianna, and I lost both of them. Wow. But I'd say it with a smile. And I am, in a sense, dumbfounded by the reactions I get. Nick tells us about the beauty he has found in fully experiencing his emotions, even the hard ones. For him, it's the key to thriving after a loss that seems impossible to live through. That if I died tomorrow, I did everything I could till this moment, as opposed to if I died tomorrow going, oh, damn, I I should have gone through those emotions. I should have uh, figured out how to stand tall, Mm -hmm. how to, you know, love them for who they are. We will all experience death in our lives, and it's something that makes the world stop turning for a while. It's uncomfortable to talk about, and navigating it feels like an endless maze. Nicholas Strand has bravely faced death twice, and we pray that his story is a beautiful picture of hope for you. So where did you grow up? So we grew up in Washington State. Okay. Um, it was a, a small little town uh, called Bonnie Lake. Um, it's actually, you know, doubled in size now. But um, it's, uh, yeah, it was a small little town. And um, we, you know, good family. We were very strong. Um, and so, you know, that mom was a huge kind of that, uh, um, as moms are, that nurture, mm-hmm. the, you know, the, the warmth of the family. And, mm-hmm. um Yeah, it it was a lot. So Um, what is your first memory? My first memory um, in the area where we grew up is right there by Mount Rainier. Oh, um, wow. Mountains. And uh, where our house was, it was um, uh, right in where uh, Weyerhaeuser, um, a lumber company, owns a lot of the forest there. Mm -hmm. And um, it was in between me uh, mountain biking with friends to... You know, inside kind of uh, creating projects, or um, wow. I also used to, uh, you know, DJ or act like I was, um, you know, in a concert, and that's kind of how <laughs> how it all so transpired fun. into, um, you know, being a traveling roadie. 
That's awesome. So that sounds like yep. a great childhood, mountain biking um, in Washington. I don't know that there's much better than that. That sounds awesome. So who all was in your family of origin? Um, so we were, um, we were, my family for the most part is Norwegian. Um, okay. My, um, yeah, that's about the big, the most of it, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's neat. Did you have a, a brother or a sister? Oh, um, yeah, I have a brother. Um, he's eight years older than I am, um, and uh, he lives in Washington. Nick's childhood sounded like it was right out of a painting, but as soon as he became an adult, he came face to face with the dark figure of death. It stole the person who had helped him grow up, and it left him feeling alone and lost. I've gone through a lot. Uh, so as a traveling um, uh, roadie, uh, back in 2007, I started my career after I graduated college. Um, and life has kind of uh, led me through quite the most, uh, I want to say the most amazing journey. Mm. Um, but it's also been a difficult journey. Yeah. Um, in 2012, um, I took my mom through a six-month battle of lung cancer. Oh, wow. Um, and it was a it was a difficult journey. Um, I had actually just got done uh, with uh, college. Um, actually, I was it was the uh, four years. So I had met my wife, and we got married. And or um, when we met, um, there was four years after I had graduated college that we were together. Mm-hmm. And so there was eight years apart from home. So when mm-hmm. we finally moved back, the day we moved back. We, uh, we uh, finally got home, and it was one of those things where it was like, after eight years, finally going to be able to have, you know, mom's home cooking. Mm, um, yeah. <laughs> you get you to have, you know, the, the girlfriend and um, uh, the wife kind of um, the, have her, you know, be able to experience, you know, your, your family. Um, we woke up the next day, and um, we went to go unpack uh, into the storage unit, and about 11 o'clock, my dad calls to say that my mom had a brain aneurysm. Oh, wow. Um, and that was the start of um, a six-month journey to mom uh, losing her life. Nick lost his mom, but his new best friend stepped into that void and comforted him. Their friendship was far more than met the eye. As they had grown close to each other, this quiet, loving woman, Brianna, had revealed a secret to Nick. So in addition to uh, my mom, uh, kind of the, the bigger journey, um, my wife uh, was kind of uh, where everything, uh, the stable ground, if you will. So after losing mom, hmm. um, she... She be, she took on mom's role. She took on those areas of you know uh, nourishment and um, comfort, yeah, um, safety, um, you know all those areas. Uh, she was not only the love of my life, but my best friend. Oh um, wow! So where yeah. did you meet? Yeah. Where did you meet your wife? We met, um, and I was it was my last year of college. Uh, she was the Washington State. FFA, Future Farmers of America. She was one of the state officers. Uh-huh. Um, and I was a uh, production engineer, uh, production manager uh-huh. uh, for their convention. And um, 
It was actually the very first time that I learned that she had cystic fibrosis. Okay. Um, yeah, we were we were sitting down and um, we had gone through half of a year of planning and um, it was a retired address that they give and um, in her speech uh, is when it kind of uh, breaks that that's what she had. Wow. And it wasn't until then that I learned that. And wow. so I, I had six months of, you know, understanding someone and friending someone before right. this, you know, this disease kind wow. of was introduced and um, he had no idea. Wow. Had you had any previous experience with cystic fibrosis before that? Never in my life. Wow. Um, and to be honest, I had never, ever had um, experienced death in the family. I never wow. experienced really any extreme sickness in the family. Wow. So I was very... Um, I guess, naive or ignorant mm -hmm. to the first world uh, or the the, um, the reality of that, right. um, of actually going through it as yeah. opposed to just, you know, living outside of that. Wow. So you met at the FFA experience. Yeah. And then uh, what did y'all do? Did Is that when you moved home? Yeah, so um, after we met in FFA, um, or yeah, I was graduating, so that was the first year I started working. Okay. Um, and then she was starting her college career, so we stayed and we went to WSU, Washington State University, <laughs> and we stayed uh, there for another four years, or actually five years, so she could go through uh, college. Wow. Um, and uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, did, while you were doing that, did you learn things about cystic fibrosis along the way? For sure. I mean, when you, I mean, it, it's, it's a learning experience for no, for, for sure. Um, you know, this is, this is a disease that you're born with. And so Brianna, it was a lifelong relationship that Brianna had. Brianna was a powerful figure in Nick's life. She showed him how to be vulnerable and experience feelings instead of shutting them out. And so there was a lot of um, breaking through the barriers she had of her independence of, to allow me in mm. um, and to trust me with that. Um, and when I say trust, I say that in the sense of she was a very vulnerable person. She, um, uh, When I say vulnerable, I mean she was very open um, about it. Wow. And she was okay with it. However, it was one of those areas of um, when it came to family or people that came really, really close um, to share her feelings or how she she dealt with it through her through the drug therapies and such. Mm -hmm. um, she didn't really let many people in, and so kind of kind of like in, in the book that I wrote, it one of the things I exemplify is that for me, um, I. I'm very into innovating and creating. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was more of a challenge on how to allow her to keep her independence and her ownership, but at the same time work with her to help her, you know, uh, do better with it and help her aspire as opposed to uh, get in the way or in between the relationship. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, it was, a, it was a vertical learning experience, let alone... Um, you know, dealing with the, the spiral as, um, you know, numbers began to get worse. And, mm. um, you know, when mm -hmm. 
when you learn that somebody has a disease like this, I remember my mom telling me, um, you know, like, are you sure? When I, and when I say that, I, I, this is when I actually called her to tell her, like, I think I found this person. Like, I, I think I'm in love. Um, and I told her that she had cystic fibrosis. And I remember my mom just going, like, that weight of a mother of, like, yeah. excitement. But then yeah. at the same time, hearing cystic fibrosis and being like, wow. Yeah. Like, are, are you sure you want to go through that? Right. That's a heavy and, burden. Oh, it was, yeah. And um, for me, again, because of I was naive, so I didn't have any information or anything to judge that weight. Wow. Wow, um, yeah. And at the same time, it was um, six months already of knowing her, and so I didn't know anything to judge that from. Right, know? So, right. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. So what... Um, what what was she like? She was one of the most beautiful human beings. Um, and when I say that, I mean that. Mm. Um, and uh, she's on the cover of the book for oh. a purpose. And you will see that light that she just, everybody loved to be around her. Oh. Um, she was a sparkle of joy. Um, you had no idea she was fighting a life, life altering disease that, wow. you know, she only had 20% lung function while she's, you know, enjoying life and, and looking like she's just living. Um, and, uh, she was, she was an advocate. She was a person that, uh, spoke her mind. She, um, spoke for those that were weaker than her. She was, um, completely loving and understanding and, empathetic and compassionate and she really understood and one of the biggest things that you know many people loved about her is that she made every single person feel like they were her friend and when I say her friend I don't mean like you know someone you would walk into but a friend as in she she would focus on you she would give you that energy um, on every single person. Wow. And, um, yeah, she just, she was a, I mean, I, I call her superhuman. I call her, you know, a superhero. She just, mm. um, you know, she was strong willed. She mm. was, um, wow. yeah. So do you think that she learned, it sounds like she kind of lived in the moment and, and relished sure. what was happening in the moment. So do you think that she learned that through wisdom of experiencing her illness through her life? Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, her family, um, CF is a family disease. And that, that was one oh. thing that, that made it difficult, too, to kind of learn. Wow. Is here you've got a relationship between, you know, Brianna and her CF in addition to her family, Brianna and CF. Okay. Um, when Brianna was diagnosed, the family kind of came together. Um, her mom and dad were together. Um, she has an older brother and an older sister. And um, so when she was born, they didn't really know what to do. Um, mm. And so they they did all they could do. And that right. was, um, you know, love her and, and, right. and um, care for her. And um, they actually started a walkathon oh, wow. um, that they did every year to kind of, you know, 
put that frustration towards something um, and do it in a positive manner. And so um, I think through her struggle, um, through, you know, her family's love Mm. and, um, you know, yeah. um, That's awesome. Even as Nick learned more about what he had signed up for, it didn't scare him away. He stayed by Brianna's side, and they faced the growing challenges of cystic fibrosis together. She sounds wonderful, and I'm glad you found her. Uh, so as, as you're, you said her numbers, you referred to her numbers. So at some point, yeah. that shifted. And so what does that mean exactly? So um, one of the worst parts that a, that a CF patient hates is uh, when they go to the doctor's office. So for most, uh, you know, we, we do our checks every so often. For them, it's a little bit more frequent. Um, but for the doctor to truly understand what they're going through or where they're at or what's going on, they, they do a PFT. And the PFT is a test where um, it's a pulmonary uh, um, uh, function something. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways... It measures how much air capacity they have in the four pockets of your lungs. Mm-hmm. And so it's basically a deep breath in and you expel every bit of air you can until almost to the breaking point of passing out to see how much your lungs can actually hold. Okay. And, and that measurement is kind of what helps the doctors understand your lungs um, without having to do x-rays and CT scans all the time. Mm-hmm. And so for a normal human or a, I don't want to say normal human, for a healthy human right. or an average human, um, it's about 120 to 100%. Well, when I met her, it was at 85. At about five years into our relationship, it started to dwindle, and it um, actually dropped to about 50%. Okay. Uh, And at that time is when we actually were introduced to a bug called um, abscessus. Um, And so part of – so cystic fibrosis is a disease that affects uh, your salt proteins. Oh, okay. Um, The the salt proteins help um, all the sticky mucus that is in your lungs, your airways, and – you know, woman parts. Um, and so it helps expel all that. Mm. Well, when you, when you don't have that, it becomes a ginormous, uh, microbacterium structure, right? Okay. Well, um, with abscessus, abscessus was one of the, um, so in CF, there's many bugs that pop up. Abscessus is known as a microbacterium, which is an extreme bug Mm. that, meds do not fight as well. So it's a little bit of uh, antibiotic resistant, um, which was something we didn't learn until we were introduced to this issue. And it was about that time when Brianna was about five years into college and she was struggling to get into um, vet school. And um, we went to the doctors and they basically said, well, you know, your numbers keep going down and the drugs we're using are not working. Um, I think it's time that we forward you to an infectious disease doctor um, to kind of help, you know, right. identify this. 
Um, and that's about the time that we uh, moved back to uh, the other side of Washington State. Wow. So when she went to the other doctor, were they able to get that under control at all? So, again, um, it's, it's something that you really, that it's very unlikely to heal mm. um, or it's, it's unlikely to cure. Um, it's a constant bug. Um, and mm. it's just the, her family called it whack-a-mole. So mm. the doctors are basically constantly right. giving her meds. And as you go through these PT, PT, uh, PFT, treat, uh, PFT tests, to, you know, to test, mm. and then at the same time, the different um, meds, um, different th- different feel, uh, uh, feelings would come up or the way she would feel or right. and it would tell the doctor that, it, okay, I think it's this bug. And mm. so literally you're, you're suppressing one bug with this med for all of a sudden another bug to show itself because you, you're worried about this other bug. Wow. And then you focus on that bug. Well, the obsessive was an aggressive one, so that one took a lot of um, attention. Um, and so it literally became that. And um, within about four years, she went from 80 percent. Uh, well, five years, she went down to 50 percent. And then um, from that, she went from 50 and she really progressed quickly um, down to, you know, it got to 30 and then 25 mm-hmm. and then eventually to 20. Um, wow. And that, that's when things got serious. Right, right. As things grew bleak for Brianna, their relationship grew sweeter and deeper. It became something that many people didn't understand. But they embraced this uniqueness because they didn't have time to worry about what people thought. And we have those real talks. We mm-hmm. talk about death. We talked about what it would be like if she died, what songs she wanted to play, what songs I would want to play if I died. You know, like, we had those talks. Wow. Um for most, it was scary, but to us, it was a reality. Right. Which is weird because it's a reality to everybody. Right. Right. Um, but even more so to her uh, because she was, you know, at, at three years old being diagnosed with a hourglass, basically showing how much time you have as opposed to all of us that don't get to see the top of the hourglass. We right. only get to see the bottom. Right. Um she was pressed against time, and so we, we had those talks. And of course, being as brave as they were, Nick and Brianna took the opportunities that this sickness created. They found ways to share hope and inspire change. So um, part of our journey together, um, she kept her walkathon going on, um, mm-hmm. and near the end, we were able to take that over. So she was very involved to advocate uh, matter of fact, the University of Washington had her speak every single year to the uh, first-year doctors. Oh. Um, so, that, so this is the fifth-year uh, uh, medical students that are about ready to become doctors and are going into you know their their journey of med school. Right. Um, and uh, she would speak in front of them, and they would grill her, oh. and she encouraged it. Um, you know, asking questions of how it you know, was hard on the relationship, how, you know, she thought about death and those type of things and, you know, suggestions she had for doctors. Um, And so if 
after being together for 10 years, it was really ingrained and it, it became, um, you know, more of a, a way of life. Yeah. Um, in March of 2017, um, the Senate actually asked her to fly, um, or sorry, the Infectious Disease Society of America uh-huh. um, asked her to fly to uh, Washington, D.C. to speak in front of the Senate to discuss um, and be an advocate for infectious disease antibiotic-resistant uh, research. Wow. Mind you, this is after um, a 32-month treatment with a thing she called Chuck. And she (laughs) called it Chuck because she wanted to chuck it. And what this thing was, was a 24-7 IV that was connected to her. And she had a little fanny pack. And she literally was connected to that 24-7. So every single day, a 24-hour period, we would have to replace the meds. And she was connected to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was right before, it was, it was January of that year that um, the, the abscesses seemed to um, uh, subdue mm-hmm. and kind of disappear in the tests that were taken. Oh. And so the doctors felt like, okay, maybe this is a good time to get aggressive and maybe one up the bug and the mm-hmm. other bugs inside and um, start, you know, giving Brianna a little bit of freedom. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was the time that it, she was able to go to D.C. and speak. Well, wow. it was also the time that with bugs and being antibiotic resistant, uh, one thing that's very difficult is that they become smart. Mm, yes, yeah. And so a drug that worked before, they now have figured out, how not to allow it to work. Mm. And so at the end of our trip in D.C., Brianna was starting to get sicker. And so when we flew back, we brought her into the hospital, and that began a four-week journey uh, where May 7th, 2017, or, yeah, May 7th, 2017, she passed away. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, well, um, awesome that she was able to advocate even being so sick. That shows such strength for her. That's amazing. So um, so she passed away in 2017. And so what, what did your life go on to, to be like? So after Brianna passed, it was a very difficult journey. Um, after I lost my mom, there was some difficult difficulties with family and that um same thing kind of happened with Brianna um not really blaming anybody it's more of just you know the ways we deal with grief are sometimes difficult and we 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 suppress them sometimes and so some of sometimes the ways we let them out is through anger that we don't even realize is is happening so as I'm going through this journey, it was very difficult to, to, to receive some of this and to kind of go through it, let alone all of a sudden my whole meaning of life, um, my safety, my comfort all disappeared mm. um, from, from my mom to then take that yeah. weight and put it on Brianna. And then all of a sudden she disappeared and it was, it was difficult. Yeah. Um, I fell into an extreme depression. Um, 
And it was very, very hard. And I'm still going through that of yeah. trying to figure out who I am, how yeah. I'm going to react, how I'm going to live now. What's my new life like? Right. Um, you know, what, what kind of, you know, things, yeah, all those different things you could think of. Um, I didn't want to sell my house. We had five acres. We had horses. We had cows. We had dogs, cats. Um, we had about 11 animals. It was, oh. it was amazing. Um, but after she passed, home disappeared. Yeah. It was no longer home. Wow. Um, I remember a friend calling me and telling me, you got to sell the place. And I actually got offended. Mm. But two months later, I'm selling the place. Wow. Um, and so I kept living and I kept trying. And I was thankful that I have wrote, uh, you know, the, being a video engineer for the touring industry, right. um, touring with concerts. I was thankful I had at least something still together. Yeah. Um, when you're, it's like the home away from home. Yeah. Um, and so it was nice, but things kept going. Things mm. kept getting difficult. Um, I knew that I had a story and I, I, I knew I wanted to write it. Nick was courageous at every step of this journey, but the weight of losing Brianna affected him both emotionally and physically. All of a sudden, August of last year, 2019, mm-hmm. um, one morning I wake up and the left side of my face is completely paralyzed. Oh, wow. Um, I thought it was a uh, stroke. I went into looking at Dr. Google, and of course, Dr. Google tells you everything that's yeah. not, um, and everything to worry about. Yeah. So in that struggle, um, I come to find out that it's Bell palsy, which is uh, you know something that seems to be a lot more frequent than yeah. um, I, I I even realized it was, but something frequent you you learn once you get it, and right. um, everybody has it. I guess it's kind of like buying a brand new car. You think you got the only car, and then all of a sudden <laughs> you buy it, and it's like everybody's got it. Yeah. Um, and that was my wake up call. That was my wake up call that life is not a guarantee. Life is not forever. Life is now. There is no tomorrow. There is yesterday is basically, you know, a memory and today is all we have. And to think that tomorrow will be here is unfair. Mm. Um, And that was the moment I decided I needed to write a book. Mm. Um, I was on the Dave Matthews tour and it just so happened to be, uh, the start of a five week, um, uh, break for us. And I spent morning tonight writing a book. I started yeah. August 22nd and October 5th. I handed the book over to the editor. Wow. Um, yeah. And, um, it was exciting. And as I wrote that book, I created an illustration and as I created the illustration, a whole movement started. Um, one of the things Brianna was very intelligent about, um, so we, we call them hello talks. Uh, Brianna and I, every night when we'd go to bed mm-hmm. um, or right before bed, we'd lay on the couch. And in that talk, after losing my mom, she noticed that, you know, no matter how great you are, sometimes you're kind of forgotten. And she didn't want to be forgotten. So she was clever enough and she came up with a quote. And that was, choose your attitude, create your life. Mm. And in that, um, we created Choose Your Attitude, a movement around 
where I have the book. Um, we've got apparel to kind of help the message mm-hmm. um, and kind of help people get through kind of life, you know, mm-hmm. choose your attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so, yeah, so we've been kind of trying to get that started and we've got a podcast called Choose Your Attitude Podcast, which kind of like this, where we, you know, talk to different people and we talk about, mm-hmm. you know, real life stuff right. and, you know, how, you know, getting over it or getting through it and how our brain works and, um, you know, how, you know, life is tough, but we don't have to make it so tough sometimes, if that makes sense. Yes, absolutely. Um, Through the process of being honest with himself about his grief and what his new life would be like, Nick grew even more passionate about sharing his story and the mindset that got him through it. And, you know, a little bit of too, you know, it, life is real. So, you know, it, it's, it's not about, you know, fighting uh, the negative that people see as like death, but maybe talking about it and being, mm. you know, proactive about it. And um, not in a negative way, but in a way to, um, you know, help family when things happen, be able to help you know, like, I don't know what I would have done if we would not have talked about death. Mm. Um, mind you, obviously, we didn't ever experience it together. So how do you really know how to do everything? Right. But there was enough to allow us to be comfortable mm. in the uncomfortable as we went through the journey. So it wasn't until afterwards that things actually got difficult because mm. we talked we had talked about this, we had prepared for it. So as unreal as it was, it was something we had gone through. Yeah. So what Um, has given you hope to continue on during this period of adjustment? um, It's tough. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, you know, as I said, with the positive part, um, one thing that, I think a lot of people get confused with is, you know, oh, you got to be positive. Well, that doesn't mean a smile. Mm. I think, I think for me, positive means to, to understand reality, to be be able to be okay in your emotion. Um, you know, we, we suppress a lot of things. And so sometimes we don't, um, uh, uh, act like we feel or we Mm. feel, you know, uh, 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 embarrassed because we feel the actual feelings we need to feel right. well they're accurate so what right. am I getting by that I'm getting my hope is that I know that moving forward is there I just know that today I gotta do the best I can mm-hmm. and instead of allowing those negative or I, I don't want to call them negative because right. I think even though they're heavy Right. They make you cry. They're right. difficult to go through. I think they're extremely positive. Right. And I think those are things that allow me to be hopeful. Why do they allow me to be hopeful? Because I'm feeling comfortable in my now, and I'm doing the best I can to go through it. Mm. And keeping it on the surface allows me to enjoy things. So when I say enjoy, one of my biggest struggles right now is actually in the opposite where I have a tattoo on my left arm um, is trees Pacific Northwest. It's got a little trail 
Um, it's for mom. Mom loved the poem Footprints in the Sand. Mm-hmm. On the right side, I have the quote written actually in Brianna's handwriting that we've transcribed onto my arm. Mm-hmm. Choose your attitude, create your life with a heart and Brianna. Mm-hmm. Um, also has a peacock feather. It was our love symbol. Brianna loved the color green. I loved the color blue. <laughs> but when we would explain this, when people ask me, I would be so confident with a smile to say, this is my mom, this is Brianna, and I lost both of them. Wow. But I'd say it with a smile. And I am, in a sense, dumbfounded by the reactions I get um, of suppression as they people run away. I've never thought I would people would run from me or hide from me because I was happy. And that's what I feel for me is... is not that journey. I'm saying for me to be happy, to be able to share the tattoo and to share that I'm happy because they were in my life and that I'm happy that as I stand right now, I have done everything in my power to keep those emotions raised, to go through those emotions Mm -hmm. that if I died tomorrow, I did everything I could till this moment, as opposed to if I died tomorrow going, Oh, damn, I I should have gone through those emotions. I should have uh, figured out how to stand tall, Mm -hmm. how to, you know, love them for who they are instead of be ignorant to how I wish they would have helped, how they would have helped me now. Right. Um, Wow. So yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah. That's how I'm hopeful is that, you know, is, is that I'm, I'm, I'm going through it and I'm feeling and I'm, um, and, and there's no perfect way to do that. Right. Besides to allow yourself to do that, um, and not hide it. Mm -hmm. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah. So what would you want people to take away from your story? I think the biggest thing to take away is that life is fragile. Mm. Um, we are so quick uh, to take for granted um, that tomorrow's going to be here. Um, and at the same time, we put too much weight on what's happened to us. Um, and I feel like in the now, if we could just take our past, no matter how horrible it is, and use it as a way to encourage. Mm. And at the same time, understand that our, our future is not a guarantee. So to act now, to, to be, to stand strong now, mm. even when you are weak, to, 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 to do what you can to acknowledge mm-hmm. um, and embrace the reality you live in. So that way, when it does come that time and you don't have that chance, you're prepared. Yeah. So is there anything that you would, um, any advice you would give to your 15 year old self? (laughs) Um, uh, advice to 15 year old me. Um, I would say, I think one of the biggest things I wish then um, and it was a it was a difficult journey, and some one of the lessons I've learned um, as I grew up, I was very very tight with money. Mm. Um, I, I kept save save save, um, but I realized my happiness was being replaced with the idea of carrying 
uh, a wealth. Now, of course, it's good to, you know, be mindful. Right. But what I'm saying is, is I think one of the biggest things I learned is that, you know, to, to enjoy now. And again, I think it's the same thing as to enjoy now. Yeah. Um, there was too many times that in Brandon and I's relationship, you know, if, if there was a regret, that would be one of the regrets is that I wish I would have spent that money I was saving mm. for, for a, a later time that now doesn't exist. Wow. That is wise. That's, that's a good word because I think a lot yeah. of us live that way. And yeah. we don't um, treasure the people that we're with in the moment yeah. and don't spend yeah. our money on them in the moment. So that's, yeah. that's super wise. We've all heard those cliches. Life is short. Live in the moment. But behind every cliche are countless people whose entire lives point to that truth. Nick's story reminded me about how precious life is and how easily I take it for granted. It's a story that should be liberating, not one that weighs you down. We shouldn't worry about tomorrow because today has enough worries of its own. I think Nick would agree that that's the way to truly live. Is there anything else that you want to share about? Um, okay, what is the name of your podcast and what is the name of your book? Yes, I love it. So um, the book is entitled uh, Loving Someone Who's Dying. Mm, that's um, huge. Yes. Um, so Loving Someone Who's Dying, um, the subtitle Choose Your Attitude, Create Your Life. Um, it can be found at chooseyourattitude.com. And there we have apparel of Choose Your Attitude. Um, we have our uh, podcast, Choose Your Attitude Podcast. Um, and uh, Instagram is Choose Attitude, Create Life. Awesome. That's awesome. Yes. So do you, have, do you have a Twitter or a Facebook or anything else? Um, so they are the same. They're all the same. Uh, uh, okay. Yep. On every platform. Uh, Twitter... I haven't released yet. So. Okay. All right. <laughs> I get that. Well, um, thank you so much for your time. Yes. That's, um, I'm so sorry thank about you. your losses um, that I'm thankful with you that you were able to experience true love. What, yes. What, thank you. Um, most people, you know, that's a huge thing that you were able to experience in your life that you were loved by someone and were able to love someone back and do it well. So, um, thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks again for listening to Kava the podcast. It's our joy to share these stories of hope in a confusing world. To keep up with our guests and adventures in podcasting, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We would also love it if you gave us a review on whatever podcasting platform you use. It helps us continue to share hope around the world. We are so grateful for our listeners who financially support Kava the Podcast. If you would like to become a supporter, please consider donating via Patreon or contacting us about sponsorship opportunities. You can find more information at kavapodcast.com. That's Q-A-V-A-H podcast.com. I would like to thank my head writer, Rebecca Gray, and audio engineer, Meredith Douglas. I could not do this without you. You make this happen, and I can't express my gratitude. 
Maybe you've been listening because you found yourself in a desperate place. We want you to know that all is not lost. It is our desire that you would be able to borrow hope from those who've gone before you, those who've waited to find a positive outcome. Please be sure and connect with us via our website or social media. Until next time, take care of yourselves and each other.